Now dig this, Matt. Y'all know I love stationery. Y'all know I love to take notes. I love to write. I love to write on paper. I love to write notebooks. Matt, what'd you get me for Christmas this year? I got you notebooks and pens and organizers. Correct. I love it. Uh, And I find that it genuinely helps me remember things better as opposed to typing them or like putting them on a, like a text file or whatever, actually writing something down physically helps me a lot. It helps me organize my thoughts. It helps me get my work done. And ever since I got my new uh, iPad and I got the Apple pencil with it, I have been doing that on there and that's great. The only problem I've had with it, it doesn't quite feel like writing on paper, which is a feeling I like. We have the solution to that problem. That's right. Paper-like. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it's a screen protector for your iPad. It uses a proprietary technology called NanoDots. With those NanoDots, you feel the natural resistance of paper on your iPad screen. It is a paper-like feeling on your iPad. So if you're drawing, if you're taking notes, if you're using your iPad like you would a notebook... Here's the way for it to really feel natural. And Chris, I know you love that. You you have an iPad, you got a paper like, and I'm sure it's it feels just right for you. It does. It feels great to use. Also, Matt, you know I'm very particular about paper. I have yes. specific brands of notebooks that I will and will not use, and paper like feels good on the iPad. Uh they also make accessories for the pencil to make the pencil a little more comfortable to hold. They make uh, accessories to help you clean the iPad as well. They've got it all. The ability to handwrite notes in a digital form is great to begin with, but getting that extra tactile feeling that makes me happy while I do it, (laughs) that gives me that little dopamine, that little serotonin burst that I like to have, is fantastic. The latest version of the Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils designed for maximum picture clarity. You're not going to lose any of the definition of your iPad screen if you put a paper-like on there. And these foils are developed exclusively for paper-like products. It also always comes in a set of two, so you have a spare. Look, we know a lot of artists listen to this show. If you're an artist and you're looking for a way to make drawing on your iPad feel a little bit better... This is how you do it. So, to pick up your Paperlike, head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax, click Buy Paperlike, and select your iPad size. From now, right now, until the end of January, Paperlike is also including their Digital Pro Planner Bundle at no extra cost for every order placed through the Paperlike store. Plus, shipping is completely free. So if you're ready to do more with your iPad, head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax, to get started. Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? That's War Rocket Ajax to bring back his body. Hello everybody and welcome to a special abbreviated edition of the War Rocket Ajax podcast, we are the internet's most dangerous and explosive and snowed-in comic book and pop culture podcast. My name is Chili Chris Sims, and with me as always 
is shivering Matt Wilson. Matt, how are you? I was hoping for Frosty. Frosty Matt Wilson. Uh, but I'll take shivering. I am doing okay this week, Chris. Uh, we should probably explain what is going on with this week's episode. We had uh, plans for for a full episode this week. We had a guest booked. Uh, we, we had, had checks and wrecks. We had all kinds of stuff ready to go, and what happened was that the ice storm that hit South Carolina knocked out your cable connection on Thursday. Yeah, um, it it, uh, it was pretty rough. We actually did not lose um, power, which was great. I know a lot of people did, but my internet connection went down on late Wednesday night. And I knew, like, I just knew. I was like, well, that's that. So I went to bed. Uh, Thursday, I, I got work done by going out to Shoney's uh, and just sitting at Shoney's for three hours, enjoying the breakfast buffet, and also writing up uh, articles for Comics Alliance. So do not question my dedication to my craft. But unfortunately, you can't really record a podcast while you're sitting at Shoney's if you're on Skype. So... Uh, we ended up canceling the show. Uh, but I wanted to do something this week. We wanted to do something this week. So we uh, decided we would just do a quick show uh, today, which is why we are here. That's right. We actually just recorded uh, Movie Fighters for this week. So it's a bad one. It is It is a bad one. You guys uh, may enjoy our, our uh, torture. <laughs> you may just enjoy that. But what we thought we would do is at least get in some Every Story Ever lists. This week. So we're going to try to get in three, maybe four, uh, for this week's episode of War Rocket Ajax. Next week, we should be back to a regular schedule, barring any more weather-related mishaps. But we're going we're gonna to go through some Every Story Ever lists. So. Right. And if this is, for some reason, the first episode of War Rocket Ajax you've ever listened to, or if you haven't listened in a while, uh, Every Story Ever is the project we're doing for the year 2014, uh, based on Tom Sharpling's Order of Everything, uh, we have a list of comic book storylines. Batman Year One is at the top. Identity Crisis is at the bottom. We are uh, requesting that our listeners send us lists of three stories, and we fit those stories in there. And we've got about, I would say probably about 20 or so in there so far. Uh, you yeah. can find the the master list at warrocketajax.com. Dot com. Uh, there's a button on top that'll take you right to the current Every Story Ever list. You can check and see where yours falls. So, uh, Matt, what do, you, what do we got? We got a couple lists? Yeah. Uh, let me let me hit the music for the, the segment here. Forever, forever, ever, forever, ever. Uh, now we can, we can hit some lists. Okay. The first one I have here is from Bobby Vandeveer. Bobby Vandeveer. And these are these are some that I think are going to be a little high on the list. I think that, these are going to do well. That's good because we could use it. The first one we have here from Bobby is Batman R.I.P. I would put Batman R.I.P. way up near the top. I love yeah. Batman R.I.P. Yeah. Um, okay, so I okay, I'm going to say Batman R.I.P. is better than Cobra. Okay. I would you put it above Born Again? Because Born Again's really good. We've got Gotham Central above Born Again. I, I don't think I would put it above Gotham Central. I think okay. the, the real question is whether it goes above or below Born Again. I okay. Born Again is more accessible. I think. Yes. Uh, 
R.I.P. I think has a better payoff than Born Again. I think, and, and, and I like. I, I think say, they're pretty close. I think Born Again is is damn good and has a damn good payoff. But really, its payoff is just you know. Matt Murdock becomes Daredevil. I guess the payoff for for R.I.P. is Batman becomes Batman again. Here's here's what I think the deal breaker is. Daredevil Born Again is drawn by David Mazzucchelli. Oh, Batman R.I.P. Yeah. is largely drawn by uh, Tony Tony Daniel. Yeah, I think I, I think you're right. I think I think that artistically, I, I do think it's some of T- Tony Daniel's better work on the title. But as Chad said, if you can't draw Batman climbing out of his own grave and make it look awesome, then you should not be drawing comics. <laughs> so let's go ahead and put Batman R.I.P. Uh, right under Born Again. Okay. The next one on Bobby's list is Welcome Back Frank, which is definitely <laughs> going to be up there. I don't. I might put Welcome Back Frank above Born Again. <laughs> I, I am not totally against that. I love Welcome Back, Frank. Um, it it made it's it is the story that single handedly made the Punisher a viable, worthwhile character again. Yeah, and here's the thing: like most people know this, I have read every Punisher comic. Uh, I it was because of the 2005 PlayStation Two Punisher game that made me want to do this. But I went back and I read every one, and I I came away from that liking the Punisher a lot. And I had already read the NS run. Like I, I was really into Marvel Knights when it started, so I jumped on everything. Uh, but going back and reading it, it is far and away the first time that the Punisher is that good. Like And and when you consider where the Punisher was at that time. Yeah. Uh he had just been like the previous series had been a very badly received one of the only badly received Marvel Knights books was that first Punisher book where he became like an avenging angel of of death. Yeah. I think I think Angel Punisher is actually slightly underrated, but it is certainly not good. Yeah. Uh and and I got to say like there are good Punisher stories before that. Like uh the Stephen Grant Mike Zack Circle of Blood Punisher is excellent. It's it's one of the best. But Welcome Back Frank is on another level. Uh, Ennis and Dylan are just dynamite on that book. It's yeah. funny. It has like, it has one of my favorite panels of all time, which was the header on the ISB for a long time, which was Punisher punching a bear. Uh, it created one of the first ever, uh, like reappearing Punisher. You know, other other than like Jigsaw, right? Um, one of the first ever recurring Punisher antagonists in the Russian. Uh, Ma Nucci was one of the first really interesting Punisher villains. Uh, there's there's so much to like about Welcome Back Frank. I would be willing to put Welcome Back Frank above R.I.P. Do you think it goes above Born Again? Whew. It's, it feels like sacrilege to put Welcome Back Frank above Born Again. It's so good. Like, but it's and again, really good for for me personally. Like Daredevil: Born Again for me got ruined somewhat by having seen it talked up in Wizard all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> Punisher, the the Ennis Dillon Punisher, Welcome Back Frank. I got to experience as it was happening, and that made it all the better. 
But that is that is entirely subjective, personal stuff. All right, I would say that it goes... I would say, let's put it under Born Again. Okay. Because, again, it's still in good company. Like, our top books right now are Year One, Gotham Central, Born Again, and then if we put Welcome Back, Frank, in there, that's that's a good top five. Yeah. All right. It's weird to see Copra falling down the list, but... Yeah, but I mean, everything above Copra is like a masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> Like Copra um, is itself a masterpiece, I think. I, I think maybe if we got a little more distance from Copra, uh, it might be up there a little higher, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one here is Planet Hulk. Okay, and I think Planet Hulk's really good. It and I've really told good. this story. I think I've told it on the show when we had Greg here. Like I, I, I initially dismissed it as being like, oh, yeah, that guy who wrote those – the guy who wrote uh, uh, Marvel Nemesis Rise the Imperfects tie-in. Is writing a Hulk story. It's just like Jarella's world. It's just like the Bill Mantlo run. And so I read it in secret and then had to admit I was wrong. Um, now, is this when – this is when – was that just Greg Pak? It wasn't Pak and Van Linty, Van Linty together. No, they get paired up for Hercules. Okay. Which is also really, really good. Um, I'm going to put Planet Hulk. I would say that it's probably above No Man's Land, which below, I would – Below E is for Extinction? Yeah. Yep. That's exactly where I was going to say too. Yeah. So, because, I mean, it does, like, I think Near No Man's Land is a good place for it, because it is another one of those stories that goes on for well over a year. It's a 17-part story. All right, so, slotting that in right between New X-Men, EX4 Extinction, and Batman No Man's Land. All right, uh, that, those are the first three from Bobby Vandeveer. Thank you, Bobby, for that Thanks, list. Bobby. This next list is from Christopher Crowell, or Crawl. I'm not sure which one it is. Uh, he has three stories for us, the first of which is Civil War Frontline, which was the accompanying uh, story about Sally Yurick and Ben F- – Sally Floyd and Ben Yurick, sorry, uh, reporting on the events of Civil War as they happened. Um, now, my recollection of that story is rather vague. Yeah, I, mine too. I read it, but I read it as I was reading Civil War. I remember liking it a little bit more than the main Civil War story itself. I mean, that's that's not going to be difficult, though. Yeah. But, I mean, this was a this was a book where the creative team was Paul Jenkins and Steve Lieber, so right. it it was probably pretty good. Yeah. At the same time, like it's 2014. <laughs> we are eight years removed from Civil War. Do you feel like you would ever go back and reread Civil War Frontline? No. It's it's too tied into Civil War. Yeah, like, I don't even think, like, even if it was better than Civil War at the time, I don't think we can rank it as high as Civil War, because I am far more likely to go back and read Civil War, even though I am very unlikely to do that. Yeah, I, th- I think it definitely goes below 52. Uh, uh, also, Issue 4 includes an extended Billy Joel reference. Yes. <laughs> so... See, I would like fifty-two is above Civil War on this list. I would put it below Civil War. Civil War Frontline. Yeah, I would put Frontline below. I would put Frontline. I guess maybe. I don't know. I would put it under Heroes Reborn just because it's like I don't think it really stands on its own. But I think it's a better story, even if it is a side story, than Civil War. I mean, I would at least put it in the slot directly above Civil War. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna let you decide this one because I I have only the vaguest memories of Civil War Frontline, but again, 
I have crystal clear memories of Civil War. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with it going directly above Civil War. Alright, that would put it right under Maximum Carnage. Yeah. Alright, done. Okay. It has been committed to the scrolls. The next one in Christopher's list is Spider-Man Identity Crisis. Now, that is the story where Spider-Man, who was being uh, accused of murder, had to take on different identities, those being Dusk, uh, Ricochet, the Hornet, and uh, I always remember that, forget that last one, even though he was a character in uh, Runaways. Uh, not, uh, was he Prodigy? Was that Prodigy. Prodigy? Prodi- Prodigy is the other one. Not to be confused with Prodigy from New X-Men Academy X. That's right. Uh, Prodigy, all of those characters ended up being occupied by new characters in a new series called Slingers that was very short-lived. Which had variant interiors. Yeah. That was, uh, a terrible idea, but I'm glad they never did that again. <laughs> I mean, it's, look... Let's be honest, that's a kind of cool idea when you've got a book about four different characters, and depending on whose copy you buy, you get a scene from the point of view of the individual character. It's a cool idea, but fuck you for, for doing variant interiors. <laughs> uh, but how did we feel about Spider-Man Identity Crisis, the, the story that kicked all that off? I, well, I have fond memories of that. It's certainly above Identity Crisis. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know, like, again, that's one that I have very vague memories of. So I guess, like, uh, above or below Spider-Man 2099, Matt? I'm I'm looking somewhere between Secret Six and Green Arrow, The Archer's Quest. Okay, um, I would probably, like, was it as good as Secret Six? Probably not. And okay. And I don't even know if it's as good as The Archer's Quest. It might be, it, I would maybe put it between... 2099 and the Archer's Quest. Okay, that's, that sounds about right. As much as I'm willing to punish Brad Meltzer by putting another book called Identity Crisis above his Green Arrow story, uh, I'm willing to slot it in right there. All right, and then the last one on the list is another Punisher story, uh, Punisher meets Archie. Oh, that's going to be high. I would say that's above Final Crisis and below Cobra. <laughs> That that is very generous. It's Matt. It's really good. It's uh, really good. Now, what did did we put? Uh, we put something directly above No Man's Land, right? Uh, above No Man's Land is Planet Hulk. Planet Hulk. Is it really better than Eeks for Extinction and Planet Hulk? I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's okay. Riot at Xavier's is not on the list, and we have talked about how Riot at Xavier's would be would rank higher than Ease for Extinction. Yeah, uh, I would not say that it, it was better than Riot at Xavier's, but I would say, like, as far as a crossover where it's a like it's a joke, you know, like it, the joke is that this never should happen, but the book itself is actually really good. It's everything you want it to be. It's. It is respectful to both properties. It makes sense for both properties. Uh, it has everything you want from both properties. And it's Punisher and Archie. Yeah. It, I, I think, like, I genuinely think it is a, it is probably a, a masterpiece. I would put it above Final Crisis, to be honest. Okay. I, I will let, I will let you 
Let you do that. All right, it's going in. Punisher meets Archie. Is above Final Crisis just below Cobra. <laughs> okay, this one is actually a list of four from Matthew Child. You were supposed to send in three. Throw it in the trash. <laughs> throw, throw that in the trash. We have rules. I, I'm going to let this slide only because we're doing a special episode. Okay. But if you okay, send in a list of anything other than three, I'm n- never reading another list of anything other than three ever again. Just to be warned. Uh, but this one is from Matthew Child. This is a list of Superman stories that don't have Superman in them. They have analogs for Superman. Okay. The first one is Irredeemable. The story, the Mark Wade. Uh, it was that was a Boom book, right? Uh, I believe so. Yes, it was Mark Wade and uh, Peter Krause. Mark Wade and Peter Krause writing about or doing a comic about basically if Superman decided to become an evil tyrant. If Superman was driven to being Warren Ellis by internet comments is basically how I summed up that book. <laughs> yes. Um, I like Irredeemable. It's it's not my favorite Mark Wade book. Um, but I like it. I would I would probably put it above the Judas contract, probably. Uh, so, I don't know. I I would not put it as high as Planet Hulk. Yeah. Um, um Okay. Better than Secret Six. Secret Six got Deadshot in it, Matt. I like Deadshot. It does, it <laughs> Deadshot does have Deadshot. Fucking cool. Uh, mm, that's tough. Because here's here's what I'm thinking. I don't think it's better than the Smacks miniseries. The top ten Smacks series. Yeah, Smacks is pretty good. Smacks is pretty good. I. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if it's as good as Secret Six. It's definitely better than Archer's Quest. So we've got to decide. We basically just got to decide whether it goes above or below Secret Six. All right. So what's good about Secret Six? It's it's kind of a Suicide Squad yeah. riff. It's uh, it has Deadshot. It's, it's got kind Deadshot. Of, a lot of a uh, lot of uh, starring roles for female characters, which it is nice. Doesn't, it doesn't fall into grim gritty. Right, even though it has like characters like Deadshot and Bane that really lend themselves or have been used in those. Yeah. Ragdoll is pretty funny. Yeah. And and Irredeemable is a great concept that I think is well executed at first, but kind of peters out. I do think I, I will say, like and again, I love I love Mark Wade. You know he's like he's tops in my book. Uh I did kind of lose interest towards in Irredeemable towards the end. Uh, and and once, I also um, think it's I also think it's Wade kind of playing outside of his sandbox. Which um, is good. Uh, yeah, which yeah. is good. Um I th- I think the better Mark Wade series about villains kind of becoming the leaders, like villains winning is Empire. Yeah, I think Empire is really good. Uh I, I think the only problem with Empire was that it took like 8 years to finish. Yeah. <laughs> um I, I, okay, let's. I would say it's not as good as Secret Six. Okay, so it's between. If we're gonna have to break some hearts between Secret Six and the Archer's Quest. Yep, there it goes. Irredeemable. All right, the next one on the list is the original Sentry miniseries. Oof! How? Oof. I, I really hate that book. I don't. I don't hate the original miniseries. I hate a lot of stuff that came after. 
where he where the sentry got like really injected into the Marvel universe. A lot of that Avengers stuff I do not like at all. Now I I wrote about this too. Like we did Sentry for a uh, a book club that we had when I used to work at the store, and we all kind of went in going, yeah, Sentry, it's it's pretty good. You know, it's Paul Jenkins, Jay Lee, it's pretty good. We talked about it for an hour, and we walked out going, yeah, fuck the Sentry. That series sucks. That series is awful. <laughs> like the longer you think about it, and the longer you really critically examine it, the worse it gets. It just completely falls apart under well, any kind of examination. It's. The whole point of the story, the whole idea of the story, is that it's based on a gimmick, right? Yeah. And the, that is not a great foundation to build a story on. No. Um, I think and, the... And it's such, like, and even when it came out, like, oh, what if Superman was in the Marvel Universe and he had problems? Like, that's, you know, Squadron Supreme does that ten times better. Like, Squadron Supreme is ten times the story that, that Sentry is. Well, hang on to that. Okay. Uh... I, I I don't know. I I feel like my feelings about the century are somewhat boosted by the side issues that came out along with that original series, where it was just the century uh, meeting with other Marvel characters and having conversations with them, particularly the one with him and the Hulk. Um, the, really that was like, the best part of that that run. I really like that specific issue. Now so I don't know where Spider Man wins the wins the Pulitzer Prize. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if those side issues or if we're including them in this in that miniseries or not. I think they elevate it at least. See, I would I would definitely put it like here, here's the range I'm thinking about for it. Okay, okay. I would definitely put it under the Lee Kirby X Men, but above Extinction Agenda. Uh I might. If you gave me the choice, I would probably read Maximum Carnage again before I would read the Century I, again. I think between Lee Kirby X-Men and Extinction Agenda is... That seems right to me. All right. Well, then that is that is where we will put it. All right. No, I'm guessing I know the next one. Uh, well, the, the next one is The Age of the Century. Oh, well, that goes super high. Yeah. It's really good. It is uh, easily the best comic with the Century in it. Oh, easily. Like, I have a pull mile. quote. I have a pull quote on that trade where I call it the apex of the art form. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd say that goes above Punisher meets Archie. And Punisher meets Archie is where? Punisher meets Archie is between Cobra and Final Crisis. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Directly under Cobra is fine with me for Age of the Century. Yeah. That is a, that is a damn good comic book. And so, like Harrison Ugar, the caveman of Wall Street, he's in that. Uh, the uh, in it. Cranio, the the man with three brains. That guy's pretty cool. Uh, there's really so the much models in it. So much good stuff in the Age of the Century. I that's that's a series we should be putting on this list is Models Inc. the the Paul Tobin, uh, Millie the Model series that I was the only person who read. Well, if somebody sends it in in yeah. one of their lists, we will. It'll get surprisingly high. It'll it's going above Judas Contract if it comes in. <laughs> you'll deal with that. <laughs> Uh, and then the last entry on this list is one you probably know, uh, Squadron Supreme. Yeah, I would put Squadron Supreme. I would probably also put Squadron Supreme above Punisher meets Archie. Squadron Supreme's really good. And we're talking about the the Mark Grunewald. So are you putting it above or below the Age of the Century? <sighs> I like Age of the Century more. Squadron Supreme's probably the better story. Squadron Supreme... Is a, is a story that 
Marvel and DC both have tried to recreate several times. Like, the further we get away from it, and this is crazy, and it's also crazy that, that no one has, has sent in Watchmen yet, uh, which I think we would end up ranking uh, it, shockingly low because it's not going above Batman Year One. <laughs> it, it may be on this It may be in something someone has sent in. I just haven't read off that list yet. Okay. Uh, but I would say, like, the, the further we get away from them and the more I look at what, like, the after effects of each, uh, of each story... I like Squadron Supreme more than I like Watchmen as a as a a look at sort of, you know, superheroes dealing with real problems. And and I don't like that is not a slight against Watchmen. I like I think Watchmen is a Watchmen is a, a great comic. It's it's amazing in every way. Like I I used to read it once a year. I've read that book like 10 times. It's amazing. But I feel like Squadron Supreme is really really good and nobody talks about it except for like that J. Michael Straczynski tries to to do it and Watchmen, and like that, that's and that Mark Grunewald's ashes are in uh, a trade paperback version. Yeah, but I only in the first printing. Yeah, Here, here's what it comes down to: like people have tried to remake Squadron Supreme many times. Like, not only is the J. Michael Straczynski stuff an attempt to redo it. The authority is an attempt to redo it. In a lot of ways, yeah. Um, you know, that that whole concept of, like, what if superheroes decided to become dictators? Has... Comics has revisited that concept time and time again. Yeah. And I don't think... Nobody has ever succeeded in surpassing the original execution. Yeah, no, I think, I think Squad and Scream's great. I would... I mean, it's definitely going in our top ten, as the top ten sits now. Yeah. Which is Year One, Gotham Central, Born Again, Welcome Back Frank, Batman R.I.P., Copra, Age of the Century, Punisher Meets Archie, Final Crisis. What a crazy, what a crazy top ten. <laughs> um, I, I would probably put Squadron Supreme... I'm not sure if I want to put it above Batman R.I.P., because I really, okay. really like Batman R.I.P. I, I think the... I think the question is, do we put it above Age of the Century? Yes. Okay. I would put it above Age of the Century. Then like I, I said, I like Age of the Century, but I feel like Squadron Supreme is a better story. Do we put it above Copra? E- <sighs> Copra's pretty goddamn good. <laughs> See, Copra, Copra's really good. <laughs> Copra is that is sort of the opposite of this, in that it is an attempt to recreate something that is really good that comes damn close to surpassing it. Yeah. Copra is fan fiction that's as good as the original. Yeah. Like, that's the amazing thing about it. <laughs> like, they said it couldn't be done. <laughs> uh, but, but you know what? So is Squadron Supreme. I think, I think Squadron Supreme compares very favorably to Copra in that respect, in that it's... You know, Mark Grunewald always wanted to write Justice League and never got the chance because he, you know, worked at Marvel till the till the day he died. Like literally, he died while he was working at Marvel. Um and never got the chance to to write Justice League, so he did Squadron Supreme instead, like full of Justice League analogs. So I <sighs> <laughs> that, Cobra being the work of one person 
like a, a unified vision by one guy who was knocking that thing out, like, and it's that good, really makes me want to keep it ranked as high as we can. I would say it. Go, I would say Cobra goes above Squadron Supreme, directly above. Yeah, I, okay. I don't think anything's getting in between those. Okay. We don't know though. We don't know. We can see. All right. All right. Uh, those were three every story ever lists, and we are coming in at exactly half an hour of episode. So I think that's good. That's good. I'm I'm not going to touch this for an edit at all. Uh, so if you guys get stammers, you leave stuff, that, that part where we try and figure out who Sally Floyd is. Oh, I cut that. I, I cut that. I cut that on the fly. But now everybody knows that it happened. Uh, so we're at the end of this episode of War Rocket Ajax. This has been War Rocket Ajax number 193. A little bit of a weird one. Be sure to check out our website, which is warrocketajax.com. That's where you can find the Every Story Ever list. You can download the show. You can stream the show. You can read show notes. And you can leave comments there. Also, send us an email. WarRocketPodcast at gmail.com That's where you can send us an Every Story Ever list. If you want us to put Models Inc. on the list somewhere, you better send us that list at WarRocketPodcast at gmail.com Also, be sure to check us out on iTunes. If you go to iTunes and you search for WarRocket Ajax, you can find the show and subscribe to it. If you like the show, leave us a review. The more good reviews we get, the more listeners we get. And that's great. For Everyone involved. And now uh, we're going to tell you all the places where you can find us individually on the internet. It's so easy. All you have to do for me is go to about.me slash Matt D. Wilson. That D is as in danger. And you will find me and links to all my stuff, including Copernicus Jones, Robot Detective on Comixology, and uh, plenty of other things. Chris, where can everybody find all your stuff? Everybody can find me at about.me slash chrissims. That's C-H-R-I-S-S-I-M-S. There are links there to where you can uh, check out my Twitter, check out my Tumblr, find me on Comics Alliance, and uh, find all of my books on Comicsology, including the brand new Downset Fight and Subatomic Party Girls number three. Just came out this week. We would have talked about them on a longer show. Uh, thanks, everybody. And once again, I got to say, I love that everybody is doing these uh, really creative thematic lists for every story ever. I really appreciate that, and I think it's really cool. And I hope you guys are enjoying uh, that feature of the show, because if you're not, you hated this episode. <laughs> uh, that's all we got. We'll be back next week uh, with uh, a great episode for everyone. We'll be back on track, and hopefully another ice storm will not roll through and derail us again. We'll see you then. Yeah! Flash.